Hey everybody, welcome to episode 17 and 18 of the Slow Drag Has a Podcast 2. My guest today is Trevor Larkin, guitar player for the Alan Stone Band, lead singer of the Climb the Sky Band, host of the Trevor Larkin Talks and Listens Podcast, and author of the daily newsletter Mind of a Trevor. This guy is out there doing stuff, y'all, so give it a listen. Listen to this conversation, see, see if maybe it inspires you to do stuff too. And hey, if you want to catch me live, I will be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, May 16th through the 18th, playing some shows out there. All the details are on my website, theslowdrag.com, but just a quick overview, May 16th, I will be at the uh, Hunt Club, May 17th, I'll be at the Blackbird on Pearl, and on the 18th, I'll be at Gypsy Coffee House playing tunes for you, so if you're in the Tulsa area on any of those days, come on by, say hey to your boy. And if you're enjoying these podcasts, my Thursday night online concert series, and all the music that The Slow Drag puts out, head on over to theslowdrag.com and hit that Become a Patron button. It's one of the best things you can do. All right, here we go, guys. Trevor Larkin on the show. Give it a listen. Slow Drag. And so, you know, the podcast and the broadcast are meant to collaborate with people, bring them in. And do something fun with them that isn't a show. Right. And what I've noticed is, you know, uh, we're going to sit and we're going to talk and have a good time doing it. And that's a great, great way to connect and, and build relationships and, and get to know somebody. Whereas, you know, I played the last, the last two shows I played in Nashville, there were a couple of artists on both bills that I didn't know and that... I didn't have the opportunity to talk to for like more than two minutes or something while we're in passing and getting all of our stuff together. And we played a show together and mean nothing to one another as a result. Whereas yeah. if we'd have done something like this or done something like the Thursday, I gesture over there because I film it over there, uh, the Thursday night broadcasts, then that's an actual experience that you've had with somebody. And I really value that actually. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, you, you probably needed that year and a half to mm -hmm. just build the thing that the way, the way that you've built it so that you can now kind of seamlessly integrate this yeah. into the slow drag persona, mm -hmm. which I think is important. Like I, th I for me, what I found is I was trying to juggle too many things at once. And as satisfying as that was sort of identifying as like this multifaceted creative dude, I realized that you know, the, the irony of endeavoring to do all of these things to expand, to connect with more people, I was actually feeling disconnected, mm. um, j just spread too thin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so for me, it was, it was about kind of pairing, pairing back a little bit, sure. uh, which is, which has felt very good. But, but to the point of like the shows, that's why like with the new project now, I'm just, I just don't, I'm not going to play a bill unless like basically I book it or mm. I know the people who are, mm -hmm. who are also mm -hmm. on the bill, um, or if it's something, yeah. Or if it's something that I'm like pretty like instrumental in putting together. Right. I'm trying to I'm trying to like rediscover ways of kind of connecting people in this business, and I just know what it's like to just be in show mode and kind of yeah, man, great set. Mm. <laughs> and and I, I and I get that, and that's all like part of the growth and the in the development of being like a human being doing yeah. this thing. But for this new project, having been there, done that, I'm kind of looking for a different. A different vibe and that was the thing for podcasts for me too like with the with the first show that i did with my buddy jeremy hatcher who's now working for rick rubin which is why mm -hmm. that show went on hiatus called the not famous podcast 
you know, our, our situations kind of similar, you know, in my case, like I was just on the road with the Alan Stone project all the time. And Jeremy was new to town and just kind of in the studios all the time. And just when we would come back to Nashville, we just didn't really know people mm. <laughs> and we don't, didn't really feel connected with the community. And we were just like, man, this would be a cool way to just, rather than going up to someone and saying, Hey, I would like a thing from you. To, to be able to offer them exactly right. something, which mm -hmm. is fun. And at the end of an hour-plus conversation, you, you are going to have a relationship with that person, for better or worse, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, and, and that was a really fun, and we hit it hard, too. Like, we were doing, like, you know, two podcasts a day, five days a week, kind of mm. like, because we had, we had the mm -hmm. time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is number three for me this week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was the same thing with the Trevor Larkin Talks and Listens podcast, which is sort of on an informal hiatus right now, but still doing its thing, where, you know, the idea with that was more so, as, as I'm traveling with the Alan Stone Project, how can I break up the monotony or, like, the unhealthy routines that creep into touring? Not not in terms of like you know, cocaine and like debauchery, but more so just like keeping myself present. Mm -hmm. um, how can I introduce something into that process that feels like I'm getting out into the cities in a different way, mm -hmm. and and, mm -hmm. um, and kind of you know giving giving people who have been support so supportive of me in that world, giving them like a different platform to kind of showcase their thing, and also just for me like a. A way for them to get to know me in a context that that, that isn't that's the guy on stage left mm -hmm. backing up Al Stone. This is this is sort of like a creative force in his own right. Right. And it was very and it was like really effective for that. Mm -hmm. But like I said, what what I found was it in my case between the Al Stone project solo Trevor Larkin stuff, which is kind of transitioning into this new band. Um, the Trevor Larkin Talks and Listens podcast, the Mind of a Trevor daily email newsletter. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of, I was just, I was like a little, yeah. bit, little bit all over the place. that's where you should stop. You've just, you know, for those of you who can't see, there was some finger counting going on there. You ran out of fingers. <laughs> I, when, when you're, yeah, to, ladies and gentlemen listening to, to, to this show, if you run out of your creative projects, if, from counting on one hand, if you if you run out of digits, that you're you're probably a little bit overextended. Mm -hmm. And and I found for me like I had to kind of, I was very it was cool because that pod, the podcast is very well received and and I got a lot of really flattering feedback from it. But I ultimately had to sit down and kind of ask myself, what do I really want to focus like for you like spending mm -hmm. that year and a half to build the slow drag mm -hmm. online uh, thing, which is very successful. You know, for me it's like look if I if I want to really showcase these new songs and start my own project, I kind of got to, if, if I want to do that and still fulfill the commitments in Al Stone world, then I kind of got to pick and choose a little bit. And I, I love writing the daily email newsletter that, that has a great response and that's really, that's really fun for me and it's very easy. So unfortunately, the thing kind of on the chopping block for the time being was the podcast. Mm -hmm. I really got a lot of enjoyment out of it, a lot of fulfillment. Totally. But, but I think that as as I build this music and this new project, it will become what your podcast now has become for you, mm -hmm. like a natural extension mm -hmm. of the thing about which you are passionate, mm -hmm. as opposed to the thing that is like monopolizing time away from the thing mm -hmm. about which you're passionate, which is which I yeah. kind of thought was the case for me. Yeah, you know, uh, there is there is pressure to do this thing, but you're right. It is it is something that I I feel like enhances what I'm doing just based on the. Uh, the fact that I'm going after people that are also 
trying to build something right now, mm -hmm. you know, or have built something and are trying to continue to build it. Yeah. You right. know, that's a really, really cool thing. Yeah. Kind of on the cusp of an evolution. Mm -hmm. or something. I, I will say, though, I'm already see doing this show. There's going to be a lot of me processing in, in real time. That's so. Great. So I, I warn the audience now mm -hmm. that that's going to be happening because, you know, as as we're sitting here talking, I do. I am acutely aware of the fact that I did sort of maybe overthink the podcast to a certain extent. Your your uh, podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so so now, you know, as as I'm getting this really positive energy from focusing on this music and this new band and like really, really pushing my comfort zone kind of all the time with that in kind of a sustainable way, mm -hmm. grizzled veteran that I am, you know, <laughs> um, I, I am now feeling, even just as we're having this conversation, it's kind of like sinking back in. It's like, oh, this, this could be something that I do again. Mm -hmm. This doesn't have to be, I think at the time it was a little bit more of a be all end all. And now that I have, I think, shifted the priorities back in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I think now I'm just like, oh, man, I kind of miss doing this. Yeah. Hanging out with interesting people, just talking yeah. about whatever. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. It does, it does uh, enrich your life, I yeah. think, to, to talk with people who are driven and inspired mm -hmm. um, about what they're driven to do and how it inspires them. It's, it's, it, you can't help but catch a little bit of that every time you chat with somebody. Yeah, no, very, very much so. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And I've been having a lot of really inspiring conversations and meetings with people off mic, you know, mm -hmm. just in the real world. Mm -hmm. And coming away every time, like really feeling lifted with like a renewed perspective or just like a brand new perspective. And um, yeah, that, a, a lot of conversations where you're like, man, I, I, wish, there, I wish there were some microphones here because this was good. Yeah. I, I might need to listen back to this again yeah. and, and, and get some more shit from it. <laughs> I think you know? I've mentioned this to you, but since I started recording this podcast, every now and then I'll, I'll be out and I'll meet somebody new and start chatting with them. And it's only happened once so far, but I've said it or I've thought it a couple more times than I've actually said it. But I was talking with this dude, Rob Ricotta, uh, who was uh, on one of my earlier episodes and we met at this house show and we're just chatting and having a great time. And I was like, look, man, I'm having a really good time talking to you. I see that the show is winding down. I'm going to cut it short because I want you to come on my podcast so we don't like, so we don't just let this conversation go unheard. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not played out by the time <laughs> yeah. we sit down. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. We already talked about all this shit. <laughs> Can't talk about it again. How's the weather? Exactly. No, but I, you know, I'm not too worried about that. Like you and I, we've had many, many conversations about some of the things that I want to hear you talk about today, sure, which yeah, are, yeah. you know, of course, uh, <laughs> I've been looking forward to having you on the show so much so I could be like, and I'm here with Travis Larlin, bass player of the Alan Stone Project. <laughs> Yeah, right. Now, Alan, he grew up singing in the church. Is that right? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, we could just yeah. dedicate this podcast to just this, like, the, the top 10 most common interview questions. Yeah, but I don't have any of those, you Good. know? Yeah. Good. Take, take a page out of your book for that one. Yeah. But, you know, I do want to talk about all these things that you've, that you've touched upon, these, these projects that are outside of your quote-unquote main musical project. What has been your bread and butter for the last several years mm -hmm. is now, like you know, there, working, doing its thing, and you've mm -hmm. found the mental and emotional space to start working on these other things. That's right. Yeah. Where you could be resting on your laurels, you know? Many, many a non-principal songwriter or non-lead singer of a band might do just that. Mm -hmm. Like, I got this thing, it's going great, I don't have a whole lot of control, but I don't need to worry about that because I can just take the ride. Yeah. And maybe you were doing that for a little while, but mm -hmm. something changed. Yeah, I think with with the Alan Stone project, it grew it grew really quickly. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we formed in like June 2011, just a bunch of hooligan buddies in Seattle. And by October 2011, we were playing the Conan O'Brien show. Hmm. So it was this crazy... That is crazy It's this crazy exponential growth that I realize now is almost entirely due to just dumb luck. Hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but dumb luck combined with like this really sort of foolhardy, almost masochistic desire to just play shows no matter what. Yeah. And we didn't we didn't know any better, mm-hmm. and it was a beautiful thing. And then 2012, we were gone for you know 300 plus days, and it became a f- just like a full time whirlwind at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, back then you you, you had no choice but to kind of like surrender to the ride because it was all happening sure. so fast and it was all so new. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but fortunately, you know, we all kind of got more used to kind of the concept of just life being bizarre. And so everyone got more comfortable, and we, you know, we started riding together and collaborating, and and you just experience so. I mean, you've been on the road, so I mean, you understand. It's like you just experience so much life consolidated into a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. But what is essential in that process, which we didn't have up until like honestly last year, was just you know, it's just, just like with working out, like you. you you, you have to like push the thing, but you also have to have time to rest and recover. Like that's that's part of training. Sure. And mm-hmm. and we were we had just been redlining for years, but we had had no time to rest and recover, mm-hmm. really at all. Or it was the kind of thing where you know we would be we would have like a month break, which is enough time to feel like you're not wanting to throw yourself in traffic because you're so t- so tired, but you're not actually recovered at that point like you, right. had, you haven't actually had time to process mm-hmm. how much your life has changed mm-hmm. and how like you know god i mean everything you know how it's like man i used to live in a place now i don't live in a place anymore i used to have this person in my life and now i don't have them in my life anymore you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. i used to have a cat now i don't have a cat anymore and you know this this is uh something I hear in some form or another from a lot of guests especially those who um make their career mostly about live performances. Mm-hmm. There was this, especially in the beginning, point in time where they ignored what society might want from them in terms of a secure job or a secure yeah. place or or lots of security that most people are used to and they found their own security. You know, it's like it's one thing to not have a place to live uh, for a year or not have a romantic partner or a pet or something to be responsible for. And it's another thing to not have those things, but know where you're going to be for an hour or two every night for 300 nights in a row in a different city. You know, that's, that's its own security. Well, it it is. And, and a lot of people who have never experienced that don't understand Mm -hmm. that, that Mm -hmm. act, one of the things that, so I am, I'm sort of like the perfect, like genetically engineered thing for touring like i just i love the travel i love the adventure mm-hmm. i love the real-time connection with fans um you know, i live really simply it just it just like really makes me happy to do that so what i found for me is that it unlocked this thing inside of me where i just felt at home everywhere you take yourself with you wherever you go mm-hmm. and if you're fortunately you discover that may, maybe you're not such like a deplorable swine as you thought <laughs> and so you're bringing that that person with you and you you feel really comfortable and really at home in all these places. And so for me, the travel was, of course, it was like, you know, physically tiring and emotionally taxing at times. Mm-hmm. But on balance, it was this really sort of restorative, uh, eye-opening, like wonderful 
beautiful, enriching kind of experience. Mm. Now, other people are not wired the same way as I am, obviously. So I, I did not feel the lack of that anchor at home, mm-hmm. but a lot of people, even even a couple former members of the band, like really felt the absence mm-hmm. of the conventional successes or like the conventional, you know, at 25, it should be this, at 30, it should be this. Like sure. they, they felt they felt the lack of that. Mm-hmm. And if that's the type of place that you're in, touring is, a, mm. is every day is the worst day of your life. Sure. You know, but, but for me, fortunately, it wasn't so much about that. And I still love travel. I mean, I'm not sure when this, when, when will this episode will be out? Will it be after April? Uh, it might be. Okay. Yeah. So, you, do you want it out at a no, 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 time? no, no. I, I was know just you're thinking, like doing tunes and stuff. Oh yeah. Well, no, that, that's fine. No, because I because like with that, the the Alstone project, mm-hmm. we're going to Australia, New Zealand in April. Mm-hmm. We do a tour of Mexico in May. Yeah, you'll probably be in. Yeah. Okay. One of cool. Those places. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then there's that run with Train and the Goo Goo Dolls in the yeah. summer. Yeah. Um, and then the the all the new band stuff kind of sprinkled in there. So there's still like a lot of travel for me. Um, but what I what I found was that I was put, you know, I was very happy to be caught up in the ride. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, it was the perfect thing for me at the time because I had tried to get like my own band in Seattle off the ground and and we had kind of gotten close to breaking through, but it didn't work out hmm. for all the cliched reasons that it doesn't work out, which in retrospect was the perfect experience for me to go through. But at the time, obviously, it's really traumatic. Sure. So it was important for, it was so important for me in retrospect to be part of something that was cool and that was a really different world than what I was used to that I wasn't the focal uh, point of, mm-hmm. you know, because I never really played soul music before mm-hmm. this thing, you know, so I was total baptism by fire with that. Um, I was, I was definitely like a little bit more of a self-serious kind of shoegazy character at the time, like a little bit of a dark soul. Mm-hmm. And Alan was this mm-hmm. crazy, <laughs> just like over the top, like just all over the place rah, yeah. kind of dude, just this visceral thing. And I had never really experienced that in a positive way in my career before. So it was the perfect place for me at the time because I, it just so happened I could have these wonderful experiences. And it wasn't my name on the marquee, so I sh- could still be kind of this cautious, kind of wounded spirit a little bit hmm. and kind of heal and explore and take chances in a place yeah. where it was safe to take chances. Yeah. Which at the time... You know, for for something that I was the focal point of it, what I did, it didn't feel safe to take chances. But in the Allen Stone world, I felt really supported, and it was okay. And we were all really green too, so I wasn't the only one looking like a buffoon <laughs> wearing an Iron Maiden shirt on Conan for the first time. You know, all that kind of stuff. It was great. Um, but you know, as as the group becomes more successful, and these things that were previously just crazy are now a little bit more routine. You realize it's like, okay, Mm. I have been putting on the back burner some of these other aspects of my artistry. Sure. And I'm ready to kind of bring those back to the forefront Mm -hmm. again. And that, that, that kind of, the inkling of that kind of crept in two years ago, I would say. Yeah. I've just been like, okay, it's time now. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know like what I even want to get out of these things, but I know that it's an itch that needs scratching, you know? And the Allen Project is at a point now where, you know, we've been in the game for a while. We've we've enjoyed an enviable level of success, but we've also experienced a lot of the cliched setbacks. And, you know, people, we're, we're different people now. We have different priorities. Mm-hmm. You know, Alan, Alan, is, Alan and the drummer are starting families and people are getting married. And, and so it's whatever that project looks like in the future, it will look different than it ever has after this summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Which... Wow. Which I think is such a beautiful and necessary thing, mm-hmm. you know? 
Because like I said, we're, we all are our own now more fully actualized people. And it's not good enough to just do the thing the way that we did it. Absolutely, yeah. And that's something that's – and any advice if, – if someone asks me advice on like that kind of thing, I'm just like n- always embrace evolution mm-hmm. because it is not inherently bad that the thing is changing. And, and I believe that the Allen, that the Allen mm-hmm. thing will blossom into exactly where it needs to be. And I know that a necessary counterbalance for me is like doing my own project and kind of pushing my writing and just who I am in the, in, in the world – Mm-hmm. Which I'm still like trying to figure out um, to to really put put the spotlight on that person rather than just because this is another thing you know if if you're a very, and I, I I don't take for granted for a second how fortunate I am to be in this project and to have had the experiences that I've had but there is it's you know it can it you you can feel like you're slipping back into the warm bath a little bit hmm. it's very safe it's very mm-hmm. comfortable so you achieve this sort of Again, for a lot of people, it's a very satisfying level of like homeostasis. Mm-hmm. Just like, all right, this is comfortable. What I want is comfort. And that's what you find. You know, it's like, man, I, I want to make a certain level uh, amount of money. I want to have a certain amount of access. I want to be able to put certain things on my mm-hmm. fucking social media or whatever. Like, I want comfort. I mm-hmm. want comfort. Mm-hmm. I've never in my life sought out comfort. And so for me, I, I always want to try new stuff. I always want to push. I always want to evolve. When I was younger, it was at the risk. It, it was what I mm. sacrificed was feeling like actually happy and confident and proud of what I'd done because <laughs> it was never good enough. You know, sure, it was a very bro science mm-hmm. kind of person. Um, but now I'm so much more conscious about just like sustainability and like taking pride in where I am mm. and just sort of like the person I've become and all these kind of cliched things that are cliched for a reason because they they matter. They're important. Yeah. And in like. The, the crazy bananas universe that was the Alan Stone world, you, you, it never slowed down enough to take stock to be like, hey, this is, this is, this is good, and I'm a good person within it. Hmm. But over the past couple of years, I've been able to kind of do that, and, and now I've got kind of these newer projects going, and it's, like, and it's exciting because I think at this point, I think you know when, when the Alan Stone thing started, we, it was very much the field of dreams thing. If you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. We went out and played shows. That was our thing. And we got very lucky. We got a booking agent early on. We got some super random but like high profile attention very early on. There was the unaware live from his mother's living room, which is, uh, spoiler alert, not actually his mother's living room. Um, but but that, that was kind of thrown together and it was a good video and it, was, it, it started to kind of make the rounds a little bit. Um, and pretty much right out of the gate, it was music industry. It was management companies. It was booking agencies. It was record labels. Mm-hmm. But this is 2011, 2012. The industry mm-hmm. is completely different even now than it was yeah. back then. So for this new project, I feel like very, very like zen and very like unencumbered by it. I'm mm-hmm. just like, I don't know what, I don't know what the thing is. But, but, yeah. but, and I don't know like where to kind of aim the lance, but the only thing I know how to do is to just be consistent with it and just mm. keep putting out. And that's what I always tell people. It's like, mm-hmm. look, just put out, keep putting out music, keep putting out videos or whatever content and just play shows that make sense and just like be kind to yourself. And like, I'm, I'm trusting that the reaction or the opportunities will be authentic to that process, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, uh-huh. that's, that's sort of, that's sort of where I'm at right now. So so the Alan Stone thing is transitioning 
probably for Alan as well, kind of transitioning a little bit away from like the full-time focus mm-hmm. and more as like this beautiful supplemental thing that will always be open to us. Absolutely. You know, should, should we yeah. decide to kind of do it? Um, mm-hmm. And that, that, that much time spent on a project, it, despite its growth and evolution mm-hmm. and how it's changed still, you know, se- seven years is a good time to take a step back. Um, in general, with anything you do, this is sort of like a different a different type of science. But you know, seven years uh, in like a in like a metaphysical sense, yeah. is is a period of change. That's I've I've heard the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. that every seven years you are kind of like a completely different person, mm-hmm. and that that resonates with me because I am certainly, and it it's been very good for me to sit down and just be like, okay, like who. And and to and to ask myself like very unfashionable questions that a lot of people mm. um, try to circumnavigate, like, do I even want to be a musician anymore? Mm. Even though I know the answer is yes, it's important to like offer up that question and explore it a little bit, mm-hmm. so that your your blanket answer of yes is not too like nebulous and kind sure. of kooky. It's it's not. I I think this kind of thing comes from like my my teenage years and stuff with the guitar, like being very meticulous with the practice and like uh, reverse engineering the thing down and, and like being very sort of like this, then this, then this. There's there's a part of my brain that will always just, that just kind of needs that. Hmm. Less so now than when I was younger, but there's always a part of my brain that will be kind of analytical like that. So I like to ask myself these big, broad kind of woo-woo questions hmm. and then approach it mm-hmm. like the weirdo that I am mm-hmm. that would maybe not resonate with the with, with the healing crystal crowd and like, and just arrive at these like really kind of important answers for myself. Yeah. So, so I've been asking myself a lot of those questions lately. You know, do, what was what was going through the "Do I want to be a musician?" Uh, answer when you asked yourself yeah. that question. How did that come well, about? I think I think that a lot of it. Oh, like what what was the catalyst for my or like the reasoning behind? What it? was your Ask- thought process uh, for the answer? Yeah. You know, because uh, you say that question and of, and there are going to be musicians listening to this and they're going to hear it and they're going to attach all of their own uh, connotations and implications to mm-hmm. musician and yeah. what that means. Yeah. You know, so it's like I, I heard you say it and I immediately uh, thought about times I've asked myself that question and I've thought like, oh, maybe I love creativity. Maybe I love entertainment. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I love affecting people's uh, emotions and doing that purposefully, you know, I mm-hmm. perform this action, somebody feels this thing, you right. know, all of those things are involved with musicians, but yeah. like, you know, I also, I also daydream about comedy and like sure. being a stand-up or yeah. being like a cartoonist or something right. like that, which right. is never something that I've done, Yeah, but it's like that, that still satisfies creativity to some degree. Mm-hmm. And all that to say, like, you know, how, ha- how did you arrive at definitely yes musician um, based on everything that being a musician means to you? You had to examine all of those individual yeah. parts. Well, I think that, so I, I actually, I wrote about this in a, excuse me, in, in one of my, my newsletter posts a few weeks ago, that the day that I asked myself this question. Mm-hmm. And I think that I realized that when I, at the time, like when I was asking my, myself that question, do I still want to be a musician? You know, I've, I've, on the one hand, like been very fortunate because I've been able to focus on one project essentially for such a long mm-hmm. time, and it's and it's been like very successful. So 
I've been spoiled in that way. I, that, at least I consider myself to be spoiled. So I realized that my asking myself, do I want to be a musician? What I was really asking myself was, do I want to continue going out on the road with the Alan Stone project mm, and that mm-hmm. being the only thing? Mm-hmm. Do I want to continue making records with that project and that being the only thing? Do, do I want that world and that orbit to be the only thing that I sort of maneuver in? Mm-hmm. You know? And the answer is no. The answer was not, I therefore want to quit, you know, because that's another thing. Like, if you're mm-hmm. involved with one project almost exclusively, your world either it becomes pretty binary. It's ones and zeros. It's hot or cold. It's yes or no. Yeah. So, the initial thought process to go, well, then I need to leave this project and I need to do something else. Mm-hmm. And while sometimes that is the best decision, in my case, it, it just doesn't need to be that way. Right. You know? And so, what I realized upon asking myself that question is that it was just time for me to do other things creatively as a musician. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't enough to just like kind of lick my wounds between tours and just sure. kind of go out there and do the thing again. I realized that I wanted to put songs of my own, you know, because I, I, I co-write in the band, but, mm-hmm. but they're not like my songs. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it was important to kind of get that going on again. It was important for me to understand that already... My, my career, like I mentioned in the newsletter po- post, you know, there was a time, like in Seattle, where I pretty much taught guitar lessons exclusively. I was still a musician. I still woke up every day in the service of music and being creative. Then there was a time where I was almost exclusively like a freelance contractor with the Seattle Symphony and the ballet and the opera, hmm. playing a bunch of wacky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I woke up every day in the service of music and creativity. Then, obviously, I was a time hmm. where I was almost exclusively the guitar player in this hipster funk soul band. <laughs> And I woke up every day in the service of music and creativity. Mm. So, so I realized that that, you know, that ultimately is something that I will always do. And just as in those previous like, iterations of the thing, I gave myself permission to evolve. If that's something that needs to happen now, this is me talking to myself at the time, if that's sure. something that needs to happen now, then my track record has proven that that's like a pretty good look for me. Mm-hmm. So let me get out of the way of that and let me maybe not not like go all existential kind of crisis mode on it and just be like, yeah, like what if, what if I just had other options available to me so that if I didn't want to go on the road with the fellas for some reason, Mm -hmm. I didn't have to, and that would be fine. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I started to kind of think about now, like what, what does my own artistry look like? Do the idea of just, just Trevor Larkin music didn't resonate with me. Like I really wanted Mm -hmm. to be in a band. Mm -hmm. And so I asked these two guys if they Mm -hmm. wanted to be in a band with me and they said, yes. And so that's great. So like that's what we're doing. Well, and I have I have missed the band name. Well, it's, we haven't announced it yet. Oh, it's, okay. It's, it's okay. going to be it's going to be announced uh, March twenty third yeah, at the I'll show. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and it's cool. You know, we've got a bunch of music already recorded and like some music videos and the first run of shirts and the, all all the kind of like bandy sort of stuff. Look at you. So, um, and again, like with that, I don't know what, uh, but but the way that we're doing it now is cool because th- those guys are established professionals. They're very busy. Um, and so they appreciate the pace that we're going at, which is to say you don't have to turn down any of the other shit that you're doing. We'll schedule sessions and stuff when we all have time. They're going to be built in breaks. Like I'm going to be gone for the majority of April in Australia and New Zealand. You know, I'm going to be gone for the summer, essentially. But those guys have other things going on, and mm-hmm. we can, you know, we'll have a bunch of content backed up. Like it'll still be great. Um, and I think that those guys appreciate, you know, whereas when I was younger, it would have just been like, again, like a binary thing. 
It's either on or it's off. Mm-hmm. We're either 100% mm-hmm. in on this thing or it's fucked and we shouldn't do it. And now I'm, now I'm a big fan, and this is going to sound so strange, but like there's, there's a term in cognitive behavioral therapy called dare to be average. <laughs> Which is to say, it's better to, it's better to do 6 out of 10 every single day than 10 out of 10 from time to time and burn mm-hmm. yourself out. Mm-hmm. If volume, I, I wrote about this in the newsletter too. If volume is the goal, you'll achieve much more over time. And, and if quality is the goal, then, I mean, you're approaching this thing in a much more sustainable, holistic way, which for me personally results 100% of the time in better creative output. Mm-hmm. Some people are different, but for the way that my brain is wired, it's important for me to, to, to give myself permission to watch a movie or something, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it also is great because, you know, this way I can honor my commitments in the Alan Stone world, and that feels like very professional and really appropriate and honors what we've built. Mm-hmm. And these other guys can keep building their production empire and all the stuff that they're doing, and no one feels like threatened or compromised. And then, fingers crossed, at some point down the road, we have to we have to make a decision, mm-hmm. which is which is great. Um, you but, mean you and the guys in the new band? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then all the while we'll keep on like that's the thing though like. The, Part of the the uh, deal with doing it this way is it has to be you know every month there's a new song every month there's a new video every every it it has to be really disciplined and really consistent or else this approach doesn't mm-hmm. work so that's the caveat that I always offer to people who are asking my opinion on this kind of thing mm. what what works for me is this disciplined sort of like a little bit every day kind of mm-hmm. six out of ten thing mm-hmm. which is the tortoise that races the hair and and the 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 mind of a trevor newsletter really taught me this it's mm-hmm. like you might not you know two to three hundred words every single day at the end of the year adds up to more volume than a lot of professional writers yeah and you wouldn't necessarily think that but that consistency of doing something every single day is su- was such a breakthrough for me as opposed to just like overthinking myself into oblivion absolutely so so that's the mm-hmm. approach with the band it's like it's very mm. it's very like it's very chill, mm-hmm. but it is at the same time always moving, always doing something. There will be no off switch downtime with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which will be cool. You know, I, I we we also all understand that this doesn't have to be Bridgestone Arena to be a thing that has a lot of value to us. Yeah. So that's that's like a really mm-hmm. a big weight off my shoulders. Too. And that's the joy of all of all of uh, the members of your band already having something solid underneath them that is creative and pays their bills yeah you know yeah there's not as much there's not as much pressure to bring the business in Mm -hmm. but you're all business-minded enough to know like oh i'm gonna have x amount of ducks in a row right to get things ready for when we are playing Mm -hmm. and if you know if if this is the kind of band situation for you that doesn't make it to 2020 i know that's not going to break anybody's hearts or relationships no and if it does move forward then it's going to be a lot of fun still because Mm -hmm. it's moved forward that much in spite of all of the challenges you have trying to put daily effort into this particular project and we've already talked about all these contingencies which Mm -hmm. is which again is really good Mm -hmm. because we've all been in the game Sure. And so it's like, like, yeah, like if, you know, the worst case scenario is we just don't want to do this anymore, in which case we will have this body of work that we have equal ownership over and we will be that much closer as like collaborative, like spirits. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we've already like done, 
you know, like production sessions together and stuff like the three of us is like a mini wrecking crew going in and like producing and recording mm. EPs and stuff like that for people. That could be the end game for this project. The end game for this project could be Bridgestone. Mm. You never know. Um, but in, in, all, in all likelihood, it'll be somewhere in between, you know? And so f for me, my, my role is to just, I'm very much the, the cheerleader and the lead by example and the discipline and the consistency. And I think that those guys really appreciate seeing that, mm -hmm. which is cool. And that's all learned from the Alan Stone world, mm -hmm. both from the victories, but more, more significantly, the like failures and setbacks in that world. Um, me kind of taking those and just being like, all right, so if I were in charge, what would I do? Mm -hmm. And now that I am, I, yeah. can, I can like try and... And that's a fucking great you know. place to be. Yeah. To just call, call your shots and make your own mistakes. Right. And celebrate your own victories all mm -hmm. in one. It's great, man. And, and I got to say, too, because I know that there'll be Alan Stone fans listening to this. Is It's like, I mean, that, that world has been such a gift to me. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it, it, pays, it pays for my life. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the, way, that's the reason why I can approach this new project the way I can and well, can afford to finance stuff and all that kind of thing. For the Alan Stone fans out there, I want to make the point that, you know, in less... I don't know. This is a very blanket statement, and I could be saying something wildly ignorant right now. Okay. But when you're dating somebody and they don't fulfill 100% of your emotional needs, who can? Mm -hmm. You know, some people like have a side chick or whatever, but it's not like this or, or a side dude. You're right. But in terms of our society, there aren't a lot of polyamorists out there. You know, if you're working a job and it's not paying the bills or you need some extra income, you grab a part-time job that I think a lot of people might view your original job that isn't paying enough as less than or not good enough. And mm -hmm. I think when it comes to creative projects, that kind of thought, like this one thing needs to provide everything I need, um, should be thrown out the window. You know, if you're doing something creative, you can get so much fulfillment out of this creative thing and it can take up your time and it can take up uh take up your life in a good way in a beneficial way like you would want a creative project to do yeah but you'll still get other things out of doing other creative projects oh, and hugely. it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that this original thing in your case talking about the alan stone band mm -hmm. you know that i've i've never heard you say anything that's like, I can't wait for this to fall apart, or I can't right. wait to get out of this, right. you know, just like anything yeah. else, you're like, this is great, and sometimes this sucks, but overall, I really, mm -hmm. really like it, and it is and it is feeding you, you know? Sure. Well, and what a lot of people run into when they're playing in groups, or they're playing foreign artists, or whatever, is, I mean, it's obviously, it's like an ego thing, mm -hmm. and, and the big deal with playing in a band is you, you have to, it, it is a delicate ecosystem, like there's a balance there. And so my, my, my role in the Alan Stone world to keep, to just like keep the, the, the balance is, is a very different role than what I would be taking on in this new band or mm -hmm. in other projects. And like, and I recognize that the thing is at its best when I do take on that more supportive kind of utility infielder sort of role mm -hmm. in the Alan Stone world. Um, but like I said, you know, if, if you want to have something be a little bit more focused on, on your personal artistry or your personality, if I were to push that agenda in the Alan Stone world, it would A, not mm -hmm. be well received mm -hmm. and B, mm -hmm. it would also just be completely tone deaf because that's just not what the thing is. Right. Um, so 
I, I realized, you know, again, like a couple years ago, I kind of realized that I, I, had, I had a decision to make. I could either become like kind of jaded and kind of down on the situation, or I could pivot and start to think about ways that I could showcase my personality or my talents or just who I am mm-hmm. as, a, as a person, hmm. um, different outlets for that. So that the Allen Stone world didn't have to be the be-all, end-all right. thing. I think there are people who, mm-hmm. who are in that world who struggle with that. You know, the the word that comes to mind when you say that is is uh, powerlessness. Yeah. You know, if I, because I've act, I have not been the front man of my own band in God, like I'm gonna, about to date myself, almost twenty years. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've co-written and and you know co-sung and stuff like that, but generally just been in the background. Um, and ah, fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say for that. Um, <laughs> It's That's early. okay. It's still early for me. You're like, oh, you piece of shit. No, no, no. Um, hey, it's early for me too. This good, is, we're both professional good. musicians, aka dirtbags. We started at 1 p.m. and we're just both. Oh God, where's where's the coffee machine in this chair? I had somebody try to try to do one of these at 10 a.m. yesterday. I was like, no, no fucking chance. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely not. No. Well, I don't know. Make it say something amazing. You're good at that. <laughs> help me, help me recover here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that you know the more the more you travel and the more artists you meet or bands you work with, I, 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 I start, no, no. So if, if, if you're ready, go, go ahead to jump in. Cause yeah. I'm sure what I will say will dovetail nicely on that. It was the, it was the powerlessness of it. There we go. Yeah. In that if you get to the point where you realize you have something more to offer mm-hmm. in a project that you're not in total control of. Yes. That's, that's where you, you reach that crossroads mm-hmm. that you came to because yeah. obviously there was, discomfort there right and taking the time to have a conversation with yourself and others to discover the root of that discomfort Mm -hmm. is uh is is a very healthy thing whereas if you hadn't if you if you hadn't supported yourself in the decisions that you're making you would continue to feel resentment and closed in and and Mm -hmm. closed down and all of these things and i i've seen that happen with people in bands that they didn't feel or just collaborative projects that they didn't feel like they were being heard in the way that they wanted and i it's really it's really wise to be able to look at what your separate projects were doing and realize that this discomfort i don't you know i'm I'm assuming powerlessness was a part of it because that was just the feeling that I got, um, that you could find that power and still like maintain this level of control that you had in your previous projects while also building something out and building something new instead of feeling like you had to hide it because it wouldn't fit into these original projects. Mm-hmm. That was that was what I wanted to say. Yeah, no, that's and that's a great thing. That's a great thing to say. And so many people in our world do feel powerless, and especially when you're a part of a project that has a bunch of like the the, the machine working on your behalf. It has a lot of moving parts, mm-hmm. a lot of egos, a lot mm-hmm. of talking heads. And if you are like more of a supporting, playing more of a supporting role in that anyway, it's very easy to feel like a little bit taken for granted, or a little bit like, man, I don't really have, mm-hmm. I don't really have like much room to be myself mm. here. And that and that just becomes like a very I 
you know, I, I think it feels a lot better for most people to be able to scapegoat their situation on something else or someone totally. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it is very easy to do mm -hmm. that when, especially in today's music business, when you're assigned to a record label and a big management mm -hmm. company, because it is archaic and it does move slow. Mm -hmm. And people, you know, do like backstage access to the Odessa concert and cocaine and all this bullshit. And like, yeah, so, some people just suck ass, and there's no other way around it. But it it is also like a cliche and very lazy to just be like, woe is me in that situation. Mm -hmm. Because you have to, and I fell into that trap for a while, everyone does. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to step back and go, this this is very rarefied air that I'm breathing. Mm -hmm. So within that, I have way more control than I actually think. Hmm. And so what, yeah. do, what, what do I want to do with my opportunity here? Like, what do I want to do with my creativity? What do I want to do with this this moment mm -hmm. and if what you want to do is just sort of write it out and be a douche about it then like you can do that like that's fine no one's like that's that's great but yeah but for me i just realized that it's like you know and also you know when i was younger it was really important to be famous hmm. it was really important to be rich to it you was, personally yes. as well as just the general yes. ethos yeah oh yeah mm -hmm. definitely and my relationship with that not surprisingly has changed mm -hmm. quite a bit because if you're so fortunate as to get a peek behind the curtain a little bit, mm -hmm. you realize kind of like what goes into making a group like that. And you realize how little of it kind of has to do with you. And a lot of cases, like kind of what you have to give up in order to kind of gain access to hmm. to the throne room. Mm -hmm. And not that I'm, I'm not anti-working with industry. I'm certainly not anti-collaboration. But it just it just made me like a little bit less naive with that. It just mm -hmm. made me aware of like what is behind that door. Yeah. And so I realized that like right now for me, what has the most value is just moving forward like ethically and like with transparency with the Klein brothers, with Gabe and Gideon mm -hmm. Klein and with people we're working with and to just put music out however and whenever we want to. Mm -hmm. and, and to just... What I really learned from the Allen thing more than anything was just the importance of fun, not beating yourself up all the goddamn time. Yeah. And with this with this new project, it's just like like, like that has a lot of value for me. It mm -hmm. just being like a good use of everyone's time. Yeah. And you, I've mentioned this to you. You look like you're having an insane amount of fun when you're working with these guys, based on what I've seen you post on. It's very Instagram it's very fun. Yeah. The work the work is very fast. It's very mm -hmm. creative. Very spontaneous. And a lot of it is just me giving myself permission. Mm -hmm. It's interesting working with these guys too because they're 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 like they're a little bit younger than me. They're at different places in their life and different places in their career, and they also come from like Nashville and sort of like a Nashville music family. And so th there is like an mm. element mm. of self seriousness that music is a profession, mm. and none of that is bad. But but I'm also coming in there with a very different attitude of just like, no, music is like, it's a calling and it's something that elevates your spirit and gives voice to the things that otherwise would be sort of like silenced within yourself. Hmm. It's not a way to make $200, you know? <laughs> um, and while I'm sure sometimes that attitude is maybe a little bit frustrating hmm. because I just, you know, I'm just at a different place in my life. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't think it's frustrating for them, it's, but but it's definitely it's it's new for sure to be around someone all the time, who is just like elevated and lifted by music, mm. and isn't approaching it from 
the objective being to get like a showcase with big machine records, right, or something like that, right. Um, so I, you know, I, I should, I, I don't want to speak too much for them. I should really like mm-hmm. ask them about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really, that might be an interesting way to reboot the Trevor Larkin Talks and Listens podcast. It's just the three of us to just kind of start talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah, as the band is getting going, that that might be a really interesting outlet for that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, but but I think that what what is valuable for me is to not spend too much time thinking about the process and to just kind of just do things and make mistakes. That's mm. another reason to to the to your point of like resting on your laurels. I think when people are part of a project that has success, they 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 can become like afraid of making mistakes or afraid from starting from a different place mm-hmm. because they're just used to getting like gummy bears on the rider, you know? Mm-hmm. They're just they're used to like traveling in a bus and they're used to like palling around with whoever it is backstage at the festival. And mm-hmm. and so the idea of not being in that space anymore, even if it's just like temporarily, is very much like an affront to people. But for me, but I don't feel that way. Sure. You know? Because you, you get, again, it's like you, you, you got to break out of that mm-hmm. comfort thing in order to evolve. You say that now, but I wonder, what if, what if you lost it? What if you couldn't get the backstage pass one night? <laughs> well, this is, the, no, the, this is a good point. And, and I, think, I, I think the honest answer to that is I, I would be bummed hmm. for sure. But when, when you see, and, and I have, have this conversation a lot with, with friends of mine who've been fortunate enough to kind of have the same experiences. And it really is the case that when you see your name in lights enough, hmm. you you realize that like what your relationship with that reality, j- just like in any reality, like it, your your relationship with that with that status or that moment has shifted now. It's different. Hmm. And so, what I think we are all finding in that world is that it in in the utmost you know degree of reverence to the project and what we've been able to accomplish. What is the most important thing for us is to honor this new kind of like aspect of ourselves hmm. and this new desire to be creative in different and kind of challenging ways. Like that, that's really calling to all of us in our own unique mm-hmm. kind of outlets. And I think for all of us now that has, and Alan included, like that has greater value than just going out and doing the same thing that we've always done. The two aren't mutually exclusive, and that bears repeating too. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is a beautiful harmony mm-hmm. and balance to be struck there, but but the Alan Stone world doesn't feel in balance without the other thing, and that's kind of what's been what's right. been lacking. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what would you be doing if you weren't working on Trevor Larkin stuff right now? Yeah, it would be weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't really know what what I would be doing. Mm-hmm. And that, and that to your original question of like why, you know, how, how did you come back to like that question of do, do I want to be a musician? It's, it's that very cliche thing. If you do ask yourself, like, what would I be doing otherwise? And, and it's like, well, you know, would I, would I take my mom's advice and go back to school and become a therapist or something? Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine doing that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, I, I do freelance writing gigs and stuff from time to time just for fun, like, mm-hmm. you know, for friends, like, helping them out with, like, their deal. And I was like, well, what, would I pivot over to that? I'm like, ah, no, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. I still want to, like, make up songs and play them for people. Yeah. I still, like, want to do that. And I can't really imagine myself at this point doing anything else. Well, that's not true. I could imagine myself doing any number of things. Sure. But I would be very unhappy if I actually found <laughs> myself doing them. Um, so... 
so at that point, you know, having that resolve, you kind of take a deep breath and you go, okay, so now let's just make it work. Hmm. I am not the same person I was seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Mm-hmm. So now with with all the, the, the tools that I have at my disposal, what am I going to do with this opportunity that is still great? What am I, I have more energy now than I ever had, mm-hmm. but what am I going to do with that? Mm-hmm. You know, I have more, and not just cre- creative energy, just physical energy, just sort of like enthusiasm for life or whatever you want to call it. Like for some reason, like that's just sort of, it feels really good right now. So, so not, not to the point of it being anxiety inducing, but like how do I harness that? Like what is mm-hmm. exciting for me totally. right now? Yeah. 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 And and that is what I find has been like the greatest gift of like the daily newsletter. Because at at least for you know, even if it's only for fifteen, twenty minutes, you're having this moment, whether I'm writing it on my phone or I'm writing it on the laptop or whatever it is, I have this built in time in my day where I sit down and I essentially take stock of that mm-hmm. of that question mm-hmm. and and I manifest it. Some days it might just be like a a comic that my buddy Tommy Siegel has written that's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, other days, it might be this multi-paragraph kind of like exploration of a thing about which I am actively trying to figure out and know next to nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been really valuable to have that just intentional time every day. Not, not at a specific time of day, just mm-hmm. at some point to just press pause and like get some thoughts out. You know, the, the newsletter is not meant to be like an expose. It's not meant to be like a an intimate look into my world. It's just meant to be some nice readable sentences about kind of just stuff that I'm finding interesting mm-hmm. in the moment. And you yeah. fully accomplish that. Thank um, you. And you know, you, and when you, when you really uh, nail something that is uh, profound and you, you take a thought and share it in a concise way, that's great, but that's not going to happen every day. Right. And, you know, just to, just to give you a little shot in the arm, even the mundane is fascinating when it comes to, something like a, a daily newsletter. You know, I, it's why we scroll through uh, social media and read right. these posts or something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the rule with the newsletter for me. If it's longer than one thumb scroll, mm. it's too mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. The that's idea is that, you know... Good rule of thumb. Hey, now, yeah. <laughs> You're sitting on the john in the morning and that it should just be, oh, this is, oh, okay, this was great. Or this wasn't like actively a waste of my time. And that's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the posts that I write that are more focused on the industry and specifically more focused on, see, I cringe at even saying it, but like a little bit more kind of the tone is a little bit more self-helpy, you know, mm-hmm. just like here's kind of how I process some of these things that we all process. Mm-hmm. Those get the biggest reaction and I get like the most response from those, mm-hmm. but, and, and the most encouragement to kind of have the newsletter focus exclusively on that stuff, mm-hmm. to have it be more of an on-brand thing mm-hmm. or branded thing. But um, I actively avoid doing that because I don't want to get, I, I want it to just be whatever I want it to be. I don't want to get pigeonholed into one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I, I want to write for the audience in the sense that I want them to enjoy it. I want the sentences to be good and I want it to, I, I do want it to like be impactful for people, but I don't want to feel, const- oh God, I got to sit down and write about, keep your chin up. Right. I, like I, I because right. that's I don't have a tip today. Yeah, well, <laughs> be, and because that's also like not the reality. Mm-hmm. You know, like th- there are there are a lot of days, and again, it's like it's that same thing. You push, and then there's recovery. Like there are a lot of days where you just, it's like you, you shouldn't have the tip, mm-hmm. and thank God that you don't, because today it's about just like mm-hmm. just shutting it down and just being an ass. Absolutely. You know? And 
or it's just about like just sharing like a just like a little observation or or you know stories about my neighbor big country Mm -hmm. all this whatever stuff you know because all of that this is something also that people you know who write songs understand it's like there are so many ways to kind of stoke the creative flames you know and we are all we we are never off like we're always on you're always creative in the background Mm -hmm. but you need to build in that time in your day to step away and be able to reevaluate and kind of recharge a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it's really helpful for me for the newsletter to be, there being for there to be no pressure behind it. Yeah. I've certainly like lost subscribers because like I'll I'll go off on like a random tangent and um you know like uh, I I was featured on a on um a, a friend of mine he has a, a big like industry newsletter and very much geared towards kind of the self-help aspect mm-hmm. of the thing. And I and he gave me a very nice write-up like about the newsletter and stuff and it was very very flattering um i got a ton of subscribers from that i want to say each and every one of them is unsubscribed from the newsletter at this point <laughs> you know be, because because it's it's well, not sure it's, it's not that you know you know some, some some people like they the only reason why they read something is just i i mm-hmm. have to be i have it's utility there has mm-hmm. to be value there has to be like i has to be efficacious in some way whereas like swatty from the allen group put it really well he's just like you know god forbid something just be entertaining and that's kind of my goal with that is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I want it to be really beneficial and cathartic and fun for myself mm-hmm. primarily. And then I'm I'm very flattered that anyone subscribes to it because a daily email, and that's the thing, like I've written something every day since January 1st of 2018. Mm-hmm. So it's 400 and whatever days that is. And it's a big ask for someone to subscribe to something that hits their email Every single day. Mm-hmm. So I think by by just by virtue of that, you, it's going to be a pretty like you, you're you're not going to have like as many subscribers as you would for like Tim Ferriss's like five point bullet, bullet point Friday or whatever it is. Absolutely, you know? so, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But but it's fun for me. You know what I I like it because people my 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 thing is now is like I really want to make what I do available for people who are inclined to find it. I don't want to necessarily just be like the biggest blanket like shove the thing down their throats mm-hmm. it's just like look if if you're stoked on what i'm doing mm-hmm. you you can find it pretty easily and there's a lot for you if you want to go down the rabbit Absolutely. hole you know yeah. and so and and the 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 newsletter is like the most like fine-tuned version of that hmm. if you want to if you want me to hit your inbox every single day with a thing i i'll i've done it every single day since january 1st of 2018 hmm. you know so Hmm. And that and that evidently is like, that also is like kind of a unique thing. I feel people are surprised that I've kind of kept it going for that long. But. I mean, I don't think a lot of people realize the difficulty of doing something every day that you don't naturally do. Mm-hmm. My first year of broadcasting, <clears throat> I I did not make it 365 days in that year. Made it you know more like 350 or something like that, but. You know, to to do to do that every day, uh, it feels great. It feels great to do something that you know. It's like you're gonna eat, you're gonna wake up, you're gonna drink your coffee, you're gonna like you know watch whatever shows or flip through whatever websites or whatever you know. But that's not putting something out into the world or doing something to improve yourself necessarily every day. Mm-hmm. And you know, the newsletter is is just like. Is just like learning a language. It's just like dropping some weight, or you know, picking up some dumbbells, or starting a diet, or whatever it is, you know, for self improvement to make something that wasn't there before right. every single day 
is super duper impressive. And it's not always going to be great. You know, it's not always going to feed people. But if, you know, if you're just trying to get something done, then it will always be something. And and I stand by what I said before. It's like, even if it's, you know, because I've I've read I've read your newsletters and been like, wow, I really resonate with that. And I've scrolled through it. I'll be like, okay, well, that's that one, you know, and Mm -hmm. It, nothing so bad as to make me want to say, like, "Fuck this guy! I'm never getting this." No, I, I have the exact <laughs> same. Again. I have the exact same reaction to mm-hmm. the newsletter as well. There's mm-hmm. some posts where I'm just mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that." I guess. Yeah, I, did guess it. I guess. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I did it exactly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then there are moments where I'm just like, "Hey, this this writing is actually pretty good." Yeah. Or like I'm actually sharing mm-hmm. something important mm-hmm. in my life. Well, to be fair, and and for those of you who are listening who have not subscribed to the newsletter, I'll, I'll link all of your stuff in the show notes sure, at the yeah. end of the show. Yeah. Um, but. Trevor's a fantastic writer. Thank you. Yeah. Like, Thank you. You you do good. You do words real good. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was it was the thing that I first even before I started doing music because I was pretty late to music. Like music mm-hmm. was kind of like a sophomore year of high school kind of thing mm-hmm. for me. Really, like when I really started to kind of take it seriously. But writing, you know, r- reading first and then writing was something that I always did from when I was a kid. Mm. And so it's always been, I guess it's always come like kind of naturally to me. It's always been really fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad that it is such a consistent and kind of like big part of my life now. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of curious to see. I deliberately haven't tried to have any expectation for the newsletter above and beyond just doing it. And I'm but 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 it's already sort of taking on a life of its own. And and I'm curious to kind of see where that mm-hmm. goes. I would love for writing to continue to be like a big part of what I do. Absolutely. Um, and if you keep coming at your projects with that mindset, the way that it sounds like you've uh, come at your new band mm-hmm. project uh, and your new recording project, as well as, you know, just like this newsletter is just like, here's something I want to try and I want to try to keep it as pure as possible while it travels from the filter, through the filter that is in the world from my brain, mm-hmm. you know, try to get an accurate depiction of what I'm trying to do for the reasons that I'm trying to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we'd be having a really different conversation about, you know, those people who weren't getting what they wanted out of your newsletter if you had started it by saying, like, I want to be, uh, you know, the next big musician self-help blogger and you know ah it's not it's not working the way i wanted to or if you were looking at your band project like okay well we've got this show at the five spot march 23rd next march 23rd bridgestone you know (laughs) so like (laughs) that you know that kind of thought process is like very glorified in our society Mm -hmm. and Hmm. i I personally find it like very terrifying and counterproductive so I, I actively try and avoid any sort of goal mm-hmm. <laughs> other than just doing the thing that you said you were going to do. Yeah. Because then it has permission. Because that's also the thing. Like if you said, like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm, you know, March 23rd, five spot, March 23rd next year, Bridgestone. You know, you necessarily have to put your blinders on and focus on that goal mm-hmm. exclusively. And when you put your blinders on, you miss everything in the peripheral, obviously. Like, that's the whole point. Hmm. And in our line of work, I have found, like, that is where the beautiful opportunities lie, is these fun little, unexpected little tangential kind of things. Yeah. That, that you know, never, it, it, those are the beautiful things. And I'm, by doing something every single day, and that being the only objective, and giving it the freedom to evolve and expand, and to welcome in all of these little kind of ancillary things 
that is what makes me feel the happiest. It's what it's how I feel like I'm making the most progress. Um, Any time that I've tried to set like a big specific goal like that for myself, I've failed miserably. Mm-hmm. But any time that I've just sort of like put myself intentionally in the world, like not as a complete piece of garbage, and just am content to just sort of go where the wind blows. That's what. That's how the Alan Stone thing was. Like the mm-hmm. the, the genesis of that was just the jam session on Sunday nights. Yeah. You know? Every any time that I, I'm at the point now where I realize, look, like I I trust myself enough that I'm going to like on balance make good decisions. I'm going to treat people well. The art is not going to be dog shit. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna try really hard to do the thing like at a, at at a high level that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And so within that now. So so that's my part of it, and now you know I just I once that is accomplished for the day, to step away and just let it now breathe, let it kind of take in the mm-hmm. world around it, and mm-hmm. and let let other people in, let different energies in to not be like so covetous of kind of the experience mm-hmm. that maybe is getting like a little bit too like esoteric for people, but but um, you know I've been I've been guilty of like the, the stranglehold of the thing. It has to look like sure. a certain way. Sure. And with the newsletter, it doesn't have to look like a certain way. Mm-hmm. With this new band, it doesn't have to look like a certain way. The Alan Stone project doesn't have to look a specific way for me to be really happy with it. Mm-hmm. It just has to feel right. Mm-hmm. It, ha- there has to, it has to feel like there's intention behind it. Mm-hmm. There's purpose and meaning behind uh, the, the, uh, the uh, journey. That know, makes so. a lot of sense, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just going through motions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at that point, you're not... Mm-hmm. Really getting anything out of the thing anymore, right? Other than just that that like familiarity or that routine that we were talking about, mm-hmm. which for some people like that's the that's the end goal, like they've made it at that point. But for me, th- that's kind of mm-hmm. like that's like the enemy of sort of what I'm trying to achieve mm-hmm. for myself mm-hmm. is that sense of I've arrived, mm-hmm. you know. Which again isn't well, to say that you discredit like what you've done, but there's always that thing. It's 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 more from the standpoint, <laughs> like I said, of just like keeping your head up. And yeah. and when it's time to evolve and welcome in like different energies mm-hmm. and different kind of things into your life, then you're not going to miss those things. Right. That's that that's more so where I'm coming from, mm-hmm. rather than nothing's good enough or I suck, or this situation's let me down. But the nice thing about having that sort of down on yourself, self-deprecating yeah. <laughs> outlook is yeah. when something does go well. Mm-hmm. You know, when in spite of all that, you put one foot in front of the other. Right. Um. It's it's great. You know, and you don't, uh, and this is me speaking very personally, I'd say, I don't get overexcited about any milestones, though I do try to check them off, Mm -hmm. you know, and I realize also that, you know, complacency means that I'm not happy with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm ready to just fall into, like, this is my day to day without wanting any growth, then I should do something completely different that actually sparks a feeling of, of joy and inspiration and motivation within me, you know, whatever that might be. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. What, what are the things for you now that, well, that are yeah. like, it, like re, that you're really stoked on? Well, everything that I'm doing this year, you know, this, this 2019 is a big shift in uh, my my music project and how I'm trying to run my music business. I'm finally doing something I've been wanting to do for almost 10 years, which is episodically release music. You know, so the granted part of it is is uh, 
practical because it's within my budget to record and mix my own music, but I'm doing that. I'm doing the artwork. I'm putting out a song a month. I'm collaborating with other people via this podcast, and I have a live music show that I that I broadcast on Facebook every Thursday mm-hmm. where I just sit down, play some songs with somebody, and chat with them. And all of these things are wildly fulfilling and not not close to how I was interacting with music and and making music my job in mm-hmm. 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of trying to figure all this out, how I wanted things to look. Because when I started doing this, you know, I had a handful of songs recorded that I knew I wanted to put out. I knew I wanted to be broadcasting, but my thoughts towards broadcasting were like, well, I got all these songs and I need to practice them and arrange some of them and you know, I don't know if anybody's going to enjoy watching me play them on the internet, but let's give it a shot. And, uh, you know, now it's like, oh, I need the broadcast to be this, that, and the other thing. Um, and that was really starting to wear on me. So bringing in these new aspects uh, to what I've been doing, instead of banging my head against the wall, trying to figure out, like, why I wasn't, quote, unquote, doing better in 2018. <laughs> you know, I was doing great, and I'm doing great now. Mm-hmm. And it's all because it's all because uh, I think I keep going with the 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 feeling of uh, if it scares me in the right way, let's give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, who gives a shit? Because you can always try something else. And as long as I keep moving and keep wanting to keep moving, then I know I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I've got seven more songs to mix to have all the songs uh, that I want to release for the rest of the year done. And mm-hmm. then I can start looking at where to put other creative energies. That's great. I know. I'm pumped about it. You know, it's been, I, I've always been like a uh, flying by the seat of my pants. Oh, I just got this master done. Let's put it on the internet today kind of guy. Yeah, right. You know? So I'm trying to avoid that a little bit. And that's bit. a beautiful thing too, but I think mm-hmm. it's important to Absolutely. Focus Having on a what plan, you're doing now, yeah. Even, even developing the small plan that I've developed for trying to get this music out into the world and tell people about it, you know, I've, I have no mind for marketing. If I had it my way, I'd be writing songs and recording songs all day, every day with, with a little less performance sprinkled in. I do like that interaction. I do like being around people and playing shows and stuff like that. But, like, I'm so excited to be in the studio uh, mixing these songs today and tomorrow and for the next couple of weeks. And yeah. And I know that, like, I have more songs to record after this. And if I get to the point with those songs where it's like I'm sitting down to write a part or record a part or mix or whatever st- part of the process, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like, man, this fucking sucks. Yeah, right. And I'm so sick of this. Then, like, <laughs> that's when it's time to reevaluate. Because totally. I know that I still like making music. I've liked making music for 20 years. Yeah. You know, that's not going to change at all. Right. But right. just, like, is it... Is it is it being done in a way that fulfills you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, you if if you would have asked me ten years ago, you know, like what do you think you'll be doing in ten years? I would not have said playing songs on the internet, writing and recording things all myself, and putting things out into the world by my own standards, the way that I want to, totally independent of the industry, and making a successful go of it. Mm-hmm. That that would have blown my mind. Right. I I have I have noticed that every. Every single person who's kind of been in this business for a while and has a career and is sort of flourishing, feeling good about it, has said exactly what you have said just now. Hmm. And what I would say about myself, too, is I would never would have envisioned myself in this situation. It's crazy. I never saw this coming in a million years. Mm -hmm. The people who have 
predicted it correctly right out of the gate, Nears makes no difference. 100% of those people have self-destructed along the way. Mm-hmm. Because eventually, you know, if, if you do somehow like guess correctly and you get this big success really early on in your career, like you do, you, you are kind of fooled into thinking you're a genius. And then inevitably when like life happens, you don't really like kind of know how to deal with that. And then mm-hmm. you, and then you, it becomes a problem, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm, and the thing to do is embrace the change that comes your way. That's right. Because sixteen-year-old you and me, we would have been like, we're not, we're not famous, uh, or if, if we're not famous, if we're not rich, if we're not yeah. selling out these stadiums with, yeah. you know, being super huge, mega huge rock stars, then mm-hmm. we're not doing it right. Whereas right. in reality, you know, we have twice as much life under our belts. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, life is good. I have these days where I, you know. Obviously, I have the artist days where I like wake up and everything's terrible. Nothing I do is right. Yeah. And everybody's doing better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have those days where I wake up and I'm like, this is amazing. This morning was a little bit of a morning like that. Like mm-hmm. I was super excited to talk to you on this podcast, really pumped that I didn't have to be, you know, working somewhere that I didn't want to be working and mm-hmm. I could, you know, drink my coffee and read my articles next to the window. And yeah. it was just like the the decisions that I've made for myself up to this point have allowed me to have this moment here today. And I really appreciate it. And when you have those, it's really fucking amazing. Yeah. But I wouldn't be feeling this way if I hadn't changed how I look at building a career and and making, I don't know, just making things feel right. Mm-hmm. You know, everything I'm doing does feel right. And I know that I would feel bad yeah. if I was trying to knock down the doors over at Universal or something oh, like God. that to try yeah, to get no, some deal. It's, it's kind of like I, I get... Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I was I was getting a little bit too relaxed. It's okay. In the hey, thing. if you want to pull it back, yeah, lean on um, back. <laughs> no, but you know, like I, I get I get sweaty palms even thinking about that. You know, just like oh, I, I got to go kick down the door to record label. Like it, it just doesn't work like well, that. Well, I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about your thought process with that, and I know you've you've touched on a little bit over the course of the conversation, but recently, with with you and one other musician I've talked to recently who have both uh, both been in projects for a little while where they are not the uh the the focal point of yeah. the project yeah. started writing and 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 putting out their own music and i know that this person in particular um even in these early stages has mentioned like oh and i'm going to take it to my industry connections and too much of a that's the first time that's happened. No, I'm pretty sure like that it just popped up. So okay, I, th- cool. I think I think we're good. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like that's the route you want to take with your new music. My, yeah, knowing that 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 you have offices and ears available to you mm-hmm. in email inboxes, all of those things, mm-hmm. people will click to listen or right. You know, anyway. I think mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I I think it's important to understand. For people, you know, who are listening to this, who maybe are in some projects with some profile, but they're but they're not the name on the thing, or they're not mm-hmm. the focal point. That that yes, like you do technically have access to certain people and certain things, but it it, it isn't necessarily necessarily going to mean the same thing as as maybe like what what you thought it would have, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that isn't a slight. That doesn't mean that your music sucks. It doesn't mean that your contribution is undervalued and all mm-hmm. that. It just means that, like, you're you're not the person actively making money for them. 
So, you know, there's only, there are only, only so many hours mm-hmm. in the day, you know. Mm-hmm. But that said, like, my, my, um, my relationship with that is I just feel very proud of, like, the music and just, like, kind of excited about sort of where I am in my own life and my kind of outlook with things. And I want to share it with people. Mm-hmm. So, so anytime there's a new song, anytime there's a new video, anytime there's a show, anytime there's whatever, I'll, I'll let people know about it. I'll send the email out. Mm-hmm. because I want to share with them like what's happening. Like that's, that's sort of like the end goal for me. Um, what they choose to do with my sharing is kind of up to them because mm. I realize that it's arbitrary. You know, you might catch someone on a bad day. They've just been in traffic for a few two minutes too long. They had a shitty lunch. They just came out of a meeting that didn't go well. That's going to color their interaction with your email and your music in that mm-hmm. moment. You might catch someone on a really good day, you know, that that will influence their relationship with it. It kind of it, it doesn't have that much do, to do with me. You know, the, the the only thing that I have control over is just if I feel like sharing to mm-hmm. to share and understand mm-hmm. that these people are busy and to not micromanage their experience with what I'm sending them. Just be like, hey, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Here's kind of you know to, to state your intention clearly, but then to kind of leave the ball in their court. Mm-hmm. And you know, because the people you want to work with are busy, and they they don't necessarily appreciate being. <laughs> bugged and annoyed like they just be persistent but like be respectful of their space and their time Mm -hmm. and their process too like that was something that i learned in the alan stone world is that not everyone thinks the same as you not everyone has the same hours or the same work philosophies everyone's approach is different so to just here's Mm -hmm. the information put it in a place where they can find it and kind of let them do their thing with Mm -hmm. it um so yeah so I, i don't have any real like expectation with the with the industry stuff right now um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very like, it doesn't, it doesn't make for a good podcast, but I'm like very Zen with the process right now. Like, I, I really don't know what's going to happen. No, but that's you know? exactly, that's exactly what I want to hear you say, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I don't really know, you mm-hmm. know, like if, if offers ever came to the table, like, I mean, I would entertain them, I guess, mm-hmm. but I also know what that's like. Mm-hmm. And I know what even if it's a very good offer and even if it's a really good team, I, I know what you sacrifice in order to sit at the table with these folks. Is it worth it? I don't know. Hmm. Well, we'll just have to kind of like mm-hmm. reevaluate if and when that time comes. You yeah. Know? But right now I feel really good about just getting together with the guys and making music and and just like gradually introducing the concept of this band into all of our lives. And... And then going off and having essentially a paid vacation with the Al Stone project mm-hmm. for here and there, mm-hmm. and then coming back and just like diving straight into this thing. Yeah. So it's a it it feels like a good balance for me, you know. But but it also goes back to the consistency. I will say for any kind of aspiring artist, listen to this too. I mean, I get asked all the time about, oh God, can you can can you you basically you give me a thing? Can you connect me with a booking agent? Can you connect me with a manager and a label person? Because they know that, you know, with the Alan Stone world, that I, I have access to those people. And and I just sort of tell them that it's like, look, you know, my, my experience has really been that these people will come to you when it's time. And when mm. they come to you, it still probably is not going to be like exactly the relationship that maybe you want. Yeah. So like, just just like, what what a privilege it is, what a joy to just put music out however and whenever you want and to do it with your friends and mm-hmm. not like have that be like a source of stress in your life. Yeah. Just ha- have it be a celebration. 
Mm-hmm. You know, make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, so that way, if you do decide to sign to a label or a booking agency or something like that, you'll be, at the very least, like from a mindset standpoint, I think you'll be a little bit better prepared for mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. as opposed to coming from the place of like I am owed this thing because I am great, which is exactly where you'll be for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I know so many musicians like that. I was. God, was I that musician yeah. when I like moved to LA as a teenager? Yeah, I was such a piece of shit. I have sure. a memory like that I still cringe from of interacting with this person at like an open mic. I was like, my song's gonna be so good, you're gonna fucking melt your face twice. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I played it, and it was fine. And then this dude sits down. He was like, he was like a fifty-year-old black man or something like that, and I'm like an eighteen-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just. Kills it. Sits down at the piano, plays amazing, sings amazing. Yeah. The whole room is just captivated, mm-hmm. and I'm like sinking into myself. Yeah, like wow, am I ever a piece of shit? And he comes over to me after he's done playing. He's like, "Hey, man, really liked your song." <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of thing that didn't go away until I kept at it. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. growing old and getting more mature uh, yeah. helps, but until I saw that. You know, how many people are actually, A, incredible musicians and not getting the respect they deserve, or right. B, only care about that hustle and yeah. are getting more respect than they ever should deserve, yeah. or somewhere in between. Yeah. You know, that seeing all of those people helps you, I don't know, develop the kind of confidence necessary to right. just have fun with it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's... And- Oh, hey, the conversation's not over. Just keep on listening to hear part two of my conversation with Trevor Larkin. 